Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a very proud wrestling podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. We're having a great day, evening, weekend, whatever it is, you're sitting down to listen to this. Now, this week on the podcast, I am very stoked for my guest. I've been wanting to talk to them for a while, and now you are going to get the chance to hear the conversation with them. You are going to be, along with myself, down with the thickness, because today on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, I am joined by Reed Matthews. Reed, how's it going? It's going good, man. How's it going with you? Not too bad. I'm hoping nobody's ever dropped the down with the thickness line, because uh, I thought it was pretty clever. Uh, no one's done it in like a podcast before. I okay, I okay, say. perfect. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people come up and be like, "You should use this song," and I'm like. I, I don't remember who it is. I so there's somebody in Alberta. I don't know who it was who actually used the song. So I just okay. I never decided to grab it. Mm. I have like such a soft spot when anyone uses like a new metal theme because it is like not popular at all. Like one of my favorite wrestlers uses Last Resort. I don't know if it's tongue in cheek or not, but I hear them come out and I'm like, fuck yeah, all right, I'm down with this. Right? Yeah, it has a, <laughs> that that old era like had a, a good vibe and like. When I was younger, I used to like watch like like old Lincoln Park and whatnot. But it also be they were called AMVs, anime music videos. Okay. So they take anime and they would put it over these songs, and it'd be so hype. So songs mm-hmm. like Last Resort and like um, Numb and all that would have all like this all like their own engineered music video for some show, mm-hmm. and it would always be super hype. So whenever I'm like going through music, I'm like, ah, this is a good entrance song because I'm picturing the same vibe. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like one of my all time guilty pleasures. Like. My gym playlist is still like stuff like Lincoln Park, Limp Bizkit, all of that, just because like it's like feel good for me. I can put it on, I can sing along, and just like get a good workout with it, and not like have to overthink things with some music. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes you're like, oh, is this is this the right song? No, I gotta skip, and then you're spending five minutes skipping. Yeah, like, I swear there's a song I like in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lincoln Park, Jay Z, like Numb Encore comes on, and you're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, let's let's talk growing up. Like you grew up in Ontario. You were born out there, correct? Nope, nope. I'm an oh, Alberta boy. I thought okay, so Cage Match did me dirty because I think it said like Ontario on there. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna slide that in. There's so many wrong things about my cage match, <laughs> but I I've also just like not taken the time to figure out who edits it. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so Alberta born and raised. Yep. Yep. Um, growing up, like, what was your childhood like? You know, were you active in sports? What was uh, what was Reed Matthews into? uh definitely lots of sports as a kid um i grew up in a very very small town so like things were limited so you just kind of did everything Mm -hmm. um but like my main ones growing up were hockey and uh, high school wrestling okay so i mean hockey you played up until high school did you do anything afterwards um no i didn't really make it to high school because we were such a small town um a lot of my uh a lot of my friends would go to the town the town over because they had Mm -hmm. a better hockey team so we ended up having like a pond league. Uh, God, I'm gonna, I must have been in grade eight or nine at the time. And then that's kind of when hockey stopped. And then it was just kind of like I can skate and I just go skating in the winter. Yeah. I mean, sometimes those were like the funnest times just going out to a rink with a few buddies shooting around. Yep. What about wrestling? I mean, I, I've talked to a few people who they did, you know, wrestling growing up. But like the the same sort of like feeling across the board is like, it's not as prominent as it is like down in the States with when it comes to amateur wrestling. Do you, mm. you feel the same thing? Oh, entirely. Like, yeah. I feel like, I don't know if it's just maybe like how the NCAA does things and how they kind of like broadcast everything. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like I knew very little about wrestling when I got into it compared to like, oh, like I knew this happens in the States. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the athletes, especially like in WWE, they are always like, oh, they're an NCAA uh, undefeated champion of 2000 and whatever um so very like really not in the limelight at all mm-hmm. in comparison uh, now what was your amateur wrestling career like when did you get started with that uh so i started that uh i remember years i gotta remember how old i am and then i gotta do the math <laughs> i was in grade eight at the time how old was i <laughs> uh, i think i was 14 so it's yeah. got to be over 10 years ago 
mm-hmm. and um, started off rocky, but I ended up having a very uh, successful last year of wrestling. I went on and um, had a, a 29 and four, I think was my record for the year. Oh, nice. And I uh, finished six at nationals for the second mm-hmm. year in a row. So my last year was definitely my most successful year. Oh, nice. So, I mean, was there any ever, ever any thought to pursue it, you know, at a university level or continue on with it? No, um, I don't, I'm not even sure. Like looking back, I don't know why. Cause like at the time, cause I, I quit wrestling early. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stopped in grade 11 cause it was a lot mentally. Mm-hmm. And I just guess I wasn't up for it at the time. Looking back, I'm like, I just should have kept going. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, no, I, I didn't really think about it. And I think like at the time, too, there was like teachers and um, other adults are being like, oh, you, you can't make money doing this wrestling unless like you're in the Olympics and whatnot. And not that like that stuff ever like made me not want to do it. I just I think I fell out of I fell out of love with wrestling because yeah. it was just a lot of stress because like it, I, my last year, like I, I wasn't even wrestling in my hometown. I'd have to drive an hour and a half to the next town to go train mm-hmm. uh, three days a week. And then every like once a month or twice a month we were taking buses doing nine hour drives to edmonton mm-hmm. to go to tournaments that 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 takes a toll on you especially as like a kid doing it you know like yep. i mean never mind if you're you know if you're able to drive yourself and you know like but to be you know say 15 years old you're going to do that sort of stuff and it's like you're having to rely on rides there you know you have homework you have all this other like life things that you're supposed to be doing mm-hmm. and it's on top of it I was I was lucky in the ride department because like my parents have always been very supportive of like mm-hmm. the sports I do. So like my dad traveled the country with me uh, for wrestling tournaments, and um, the hardest part was school because like I'm still doing doing my homework on the road. It's mm-hmm. like the sun goes down trying to get all my work done. I remember one year we went to nationals and we were flying back because I believe I think this was yeah I think it was my last year so it was New Brunswick. They're flying back from New Brunswick and they're like, oh, we're going to get to we're going to get back at home at like noon. I'm like, OK, cool. Like, I'm not going to school. I'm going to bed because yeah. our flight was at two in the morning. And they're like, oh, no, you have to go to school. I'm like, are you stupid? <laughs> uh, so I just fell asleep for that class. I straight up just yeah. like put my head down. I fell asleep. And I remember I woke up when the bell rang and my classmates were like throwing stuff at me because the teacher was calling my name. But I was just out. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. You know, even when you mentioned like, you know, with wrestling and people telling you like, oh, you're not going to make money unless you go to the Olympics. And then you look at the Olympics and how much Olympic athletes make. And it's like, you still wouldn't be making money doing that because it's just Mm -hmm. they don't provide enough proper funding for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's such like, especially it's weird, like how we were talking earlier, it's like America, like really like glorifies their wrestling. But when it Mm -hmm. comes to the Olympics, the wrestling has been like on the borderline of being kicked out like almost every year. (laughs) So that reminds me, there's like not to go too far off topic, but I know on Netflix, there's a documentary about the Olympic American boxing program and how they did like, they were, you know, not meddling and not doing well, you know? And like, it was like problems, you know, getting people interested in it because there's no money at all. You could go do amateur boxing or you could just become pro and actually make some money. And mm-hmm. it just, it details like three different boxers in their careers. Totally off topic, but it's actually that's interesting though. Yeah. yeah. So, because that, that's um, what, that's right. To stay off topic for a second. That's okay. That's what they, that's what I believe they ended up changing a lot of the rules in amateur wrestling so that okay. it was more entertaining. Um, Cause like, I remember, I don't know what year it was. I watched the Olympics and I'm like, Oh, I'll watch the wrestling. Cause it's on. And it was entirely, like, the rules were a lot altered so that it would be exciting the whole time mm-hmm. rather than, cause like, wrestling high school wrestling is boring for anyone's ever had the chance to watch it and as someone who's competed in it i know it's boring <laughs> so like I, I was like i'm not i'm not getting people watching my matches mm-hmm. on the internet it's really something that you have to like love it to go out of your way to seek it out which is unfortunate mm-hmm. because like there's some incredible athletes who take part in it oh there's some like freakish athletes in that sport like uh when i was competing there was a guy i don't even know what he's doing nowadays but he used to compete two weight classes heavier than him on the regular because he was just that good and mm-hmm. then at nationals he would actually compete at his actual weight okay i mean the the thought process for that i mean because you're going up against heavier guys or heavier people 
and holding your own. But then, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes down to crunch time, dropping down to your actual weight division. And I'm assuming that he was able to go in there and, you know, do well. Oh, yeah. He was a national yeah. champion. Yeah. Like, oh, he yeah. was he was a freak athlete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're not going to be doing, you know, jumping weight classes if you're like shitty at it. So. No, no. <laughs> Just getting worked over. Yeah. So, I mean, that's amateur wrestling. When it came to professional wrestling, do you remember your entry point to all of it, like as a fan? So it's funny when I look back, because like there's lots of times where it was like it was there and I just mm -hmm. I just went right over my head as a kid. Um, there was one night I was like six. I was up. I was up late. I shouldn't have been up late. I turned the TV on and there's some sort of wrestling on. From what I remember, it was a some guy who called himself Roadrunner against someone who I believe is Eugene, but was not named Eugene. OK, um, but I have no clue where what promotion it was or who the who the wrestlers were actually were mm -hmm. that's just a memory of mine and then growing up my friends were always just like uh you know like talking about all the big stars of the attitude era and like when we'd go on trampolines we'd wrestle but i had not a clue mm -hmm. so then come i think it was 2013 um that's when like uh, wwe did all those documentaries yeah and uh they threw them all on netflix and that's how i found wrestling was okay. uh, the, the first one i found was the rock the rock's documentary mm -hmm. got me into wrestling and I watched enough, enough documentaries to be like, man, this has still got to be going on. Like, there's no way this is like canceled or anything. And sure enough, I turned in. It was Monday Night Raw before SummerSlam of Daniel Bryan and John Cena. And that's when I started okay. watching wrestling. I mean, that's a solid entry point because, I mean, their little feud and everything that came to be for that. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's pretty memorable in its own right, you know, like just the you had the hard nosed Daniel Bryan, like the, the you know, independent wrestling, like professional, technical, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then superstar John Cena, you know, like the two of them, like it just it worked so well. Mm -hmm. And I that was like the first pay-per-view I got too was at SummerSlam. So okay. it's like I got I got to see the cash in and the the term with Triple H and everything. So mm -hmm. like it really was a good entry point, funny enough, like just the timing wise. Yeah. So, I mean, did you like because that was 2013. So you're looking at 10 years ago. And I mean, did you check out at all? Or you once you watched that, you were hooked. I, I was hooked for a while. Like I was watching religiously um, WWE stuff um, until I started training in 2015. Yeah. Uh, and then just kind of like life stuff came up. So it's just like, I'm not, I didn't just spend the time to watch three hours of raw and then two hours of SmackDown and then NXT. And so, and then it's kind of sporadic here and there, but I mean, there's always like these moments I'll be like scrolling on Twitter and I'll see someone share like a really cool clip of like some old Japanese wrestling or even just like some old attitude stuff. And I'm just like, ah, oh, I gotta sit down and watch some <laughs> like nowadays. Nowadays I just kind of watch the pay-per-views. It's kind of really all I got time for unless I'm yeah. looking up something specific, but I'm still, it's, I still love it to this day. Oh, for sure. Uh, you mentioned training, and I know Storm Wrestling Academy. Hopefully that one's correct. Off yes, it is. Okay. it is. <laughs> <laughs> if I was wrong, I was going to scrap everything and just wing it. So, okay. There you go. <laughs> um, what what drew you to uh, SWA? Um, I, actually, funny enough, my dad, my dad's friend told him about it, and then he told it to me, and then I just signed up. Okay. It's like I didn't I didn't know nothing. I was just like, I don't know where to go to train for wrestling, but I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was set to go somewhere else. I don't remember who it was. And then um, there was just like a communication issue. We couldn't like get a hold of each other. So then I was like, I signed up for Storm and everything just kind of went gravy from there. Yeah. Um, like, did, was there any reservations about it? I mean, like you went in no issues. Oh, I went. I was just head down. I'm like, I'm going. Yeah. Cause like at the time I, uh, like I was, I went to college or I did something, wasn't happy with it. Um, and all I could think of like every night and day was wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, well, I got this opportunity. I had some family in Calgary. So it's like, I can move and not have to worry about renting the place by myself. I'm like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And my parents were like, okay, cool. If you really want to, we'll support you. So, and yeah, it was very easy from there. Like I just, I have sometimes sometimes I have this bad habit of like if I really want something, I'll just go for it and not think about everything. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'll go to Storm Wrestling Caddy. My parents are like, okay, where are you gonna stay? I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I don't have a place. Yeah. And at the time, uh my brother moved there and he's like, Oh, you can stay with me. I'm like, ah, cool, I got this. So I mean, at least that point you've got shelter, you know, you can find your way there. Just make set, it up so. as I go from there. Yeah. 
Um, like, do you remember people from your class? Are they still active today? Like, uh, so the most notable would be Giselle. Giselle Shaw was in my okay. class. Um, she, funny story, just before I talk about everyone else, she used to beat the shit out of us. <laughs> like, it was funny. Like, it was, it was a, it was a good, fu- like, joke between all the group um, of us. And uh, she would constantly chop us every time mm-hmm. we would do drills or whatever. She's chopping the shit out of everybody. And I remember the one time me and her were paired up for a drill and she actually pulled me aside. She's like, you got you please chop me like no one else chops me here. Please. You have to do this. And I'm like, OK, yeah, since you asked. <laughs> and I remember giving her that first chop and then the rest of the guys lighting up just like he did it. She got chopped. Someone did it. Oh, my yeah. God. So I'll never forget that. And then actually Giselle and I were each other's first match in training. OK, as well. So uh, we have a little bit of history there. Um, some others that wrestle still. Um, there's a guy in Europe. I believe he's in England right now. Um, oh, what does he go by now? Crap. He used to go by Rocco Casanova, but I don't know if it's Casanova anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a gentleman in the States. Um, I don't even. I think he goes by Mambo Italiano still. That's what he used to go by. Okay. Um, but he's 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 had like a ton of extra work. He's been an extra, I want to say like almost ten times on mm-hmm. WWE and AEW all, all together. Um myself. Um, and if there's anybody else, I'm just not aware that they're wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but that, those are we're like the core four that are still going at it. I'm always amazed because I mean so many people have gone through Storm Wrestling Academy. So like to hear just the way that it's intertwined with like, you know, you went with, you know, Giselle, like you guys are in training together. And like it's you could go to almost any locker room I feel in Canada and somebody there will have been trained by Lance Storm. Yeah, because he used to he used to have classes of almost God, was it 15, 15 to twenty people, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Like he used to have some huge classes back in back in the days. Um and then especially like if you were local, like so what happened um, back when I was going is uh, Lance knew the promoters in Alberta. So he would like send us to go like help with the ring crew and whatnot. And that's how we got to meet people. Mm-hmm. So that's how we kind of got like our footsteps in because it's like myself, uh, Giselle, um, Aiden Adams. I don't know if you know who that is. He's also wrestled. He was part of our class. He wrestled in Alberta for a while. Um, like Mambo, Italiano, Rocco Casanova, like all of us got a chance to wrestle in Alberta roughly around the same time Mm -hmm. before everyone ventured off. Well, that's a great way just to gain like experience and start meeting people at the different promotions, you know, like, Hey, Mm -hmm. go help set up the ring, you know, and at least there you can see everything as the show is going on, you know, talk to people and just like kind of network a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Shake hands, right. Get to know people. Yeah. And you know, to that day, that's what started me off at PWA was because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when it came to storm wrestling, I mean, what was your initial thoughts first day of training? Um, so I went in just kind of like trying to be a, a sponge because like I I was a little self-conscious because like I didn't have like the years of wrestling like watch as a fan because like I've only started watching since 2013. Mm-hmm. Um but like before I went, I'm like, I tried to get in the best shape I could because I'm like, I need to be in shape. So like I jumped up like 40 pounds to just try being some to a good shape to go there. And just what I said, just when I go there, it's like, I want to be a sponge. I know nothing. I will absorb everything I can and use it to the best of my ability. Um, I totally just drew a blank there. <laughs> um, like when it came to your amateur wrestling, how beneficial was that when it came to training at Storm? Oh, a lot, yeah. a lot. When it came to like even just like some of like the warming up drills, like doing rolls, I have already done rolls, so it was mm-hmm. not a problem. You know, getting my footwork right, not a problem. Even to the point of like bumping, because like in wrestling they show you how to land properly without like hurting yourself, and it was pretty similar to bumping. Yeah. So like it, it was tremendous how much it helped. Like I remember afterwards, uh, like after. Like we would do these classes and I'm like, man, I really kind of set myself up to do this unironically. Yeah. And I would like, it's funny how it works out like that. I mean, cause like get, having almost like a basis for wrestling with that amateur background, I mean, definitely helps you out going forward. Mm-hmm. No, it did. And like I said, it made everything, I felt like everything was a lot easier to catch on because mm-hmm. I already had that base. Um, so you mentioned PWA. Is that where your first match took place as well? 
Yes, uh, I had a different name. I my name was I wanted to be Cyrus, uh, but then the promoter told me that is a uh, only one name. It's a bad guy name. You need a different name. And then there was all there was somebody else named Cyrus somewhere else. I don't remember where, um, but it was myself and four of my other classmates. And then the the vet in our match, I guess you could say, was a, a gentleman named Frenetico. Okay, he used to wrestle for PWA. It was a big six man. That was my first ever match. And then my first match as Reed Matthews actually was against uh, Sheikak Barshabaz. Okay. So let's talk the the six-man match first. I mean, how nervous are you heading into something like that? Oh, entirely nervous. You know, like <laughs> you, you you bought your gear online at uh, uh, High Spots. I think that's where I got mine. And a couple of the guys uh, that I was working with like actually had experience because they wrestled before they came here. And they just came here to like get better. Mm-hmm. And um, so going out, I was nervous, but I think I just, I think it just like at the time I was just so focused on like wanting to not mess up and do everything that it went fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely don't think that match was anything worth watching, but <laughs> I got through it and I was happy with it. It's a starting point, you know, like everyone has to get their foot in the door somehow. So it's yep. like just building off of that. Exactly. Did your uh, family make it out to watch that first match? No. So like I, so I'm in, I live in Calgary. Uh, okay. My parents live 13 hours away. Oh, shit. Um, so they would make the nine hour trek to Edmonton to make the Edmonton shows. Okay. Um, where they would suit, where they would eventually become regulars. My parents, my grandmother and my girlfriend, now wife, um, became very well known to the point that like people will notice my family and my wife before they notice me. So they'll be like, wait, I know you. And then they'll look over. I'm like, you're the thickness. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is crazy. And they're like, oh, yeah, we saw your wife. I'm like, ah, okay, fair. <laughs> um, I have to touch on it. Like, I'm sure I would have brought it up later because you mentioned the gear mm-hmm. and like the current Reed Matthews look with the uh, jeans and like shirt like that. Like, perfect. Because I saw like one of your matches where you had like the tight still and everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, the jeans look is that suits you to a T. Like, would you believe that was all an accident really yeah i uh so i had like the blue shiny gear which i really liked and i was uh working with the person who made those gear that gear Mm -hmm. but there was a miscommunication on like what needed to be done to get a new set of gear because it was starting to wear out and uh love wrestling was coming up and i'm like i i need gear for this Mm -hmm. Uh, because i think i think it was the second show so it's like i really needed new gear because this one was rough i can't wear it again And so I was gonna go for like cargo pants, like Hardy style, was my plan. Um, But it was July, and all I could find was stretchy jeans. I'm like, well, I'll throw the jeans on and we'll see how it goes. And then that just was like the perfect fit. Um, Like I've always, I've always cut my shirts like that um, Mm -hmm. since the Millennial Rebel days. Uh, But just like everything coming together, a complete accident. And now I have, now I wear jeans to wrestle. And uh, I know there's people who are who can't believe it at first. <laughs> I like I think that it suits like the Reed Matthews the look. I think it suits it to a T. So like that with the shirts, I think it's fantastic. No disrespect thank to your previous. No, people. no, no, no. Thank I I appreciate it because like I I definitely like coming back from COVID. I wanted to kind of like revamp a little bit, and I think as as subtle as as much of an accident it was it was what it was needed mm-hmm. to help push that to get that image that I wanted to feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, that Millennial Rebels, correct? Yep. That was your first team, you and Colton Kelly, correct? Yep, and then eventually Kenneth Anthony joined. Okay. How did uh, how did you guys sort of start teaming up together? Um, so I was young gun at PWA and just green as grass, and uh, Colton Kelly has been there for a while, and we started hanging out backstage and just become friends. And then he, I believe he pitched this idea of me going with him uh, after his match with his dad and uh it was honestly it was one of the best things for me because like it really helped me like bust out of my my shyness and my just solid baby green baby face attitude mm-hmm. um and it was much needed for what i for myself back then um but yeah it was just literally us hanging out being yeah. friends Oh, that's all right. I mean, that's how some of the best teams, like how they become, you know, just through friendship beforehand and just sort of gels like that. Yep. 
Um, I was watching your match with Sean Moore from one of the previous LPW events. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I'm watching the match and I noticed like everyone knows the kind of wrestler Sean Moore is, you know, he can do the high flying. He's very fast. And like mm-hmm. you're in there with him and you're keeping pace with him, like, you know, rolling just as fast as he is holding your own against someone that fast. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you've got the package where you have the quickness, you have the power. Who were you drawing inspiration from to get where you be, where you are now? Um, oh, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked this before. Um, cause like I take moves a lot from like more newer wrestlers. Like I got the blue thunder bomb from Sammy and the cannonball from Kevin. Um, some of the moves I do, I try and just think of my own cause I want something to try and stand out. Um, but when it comes to just like, like a lot of that other stuff, I think it's just because I'm still finding who I am as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Cause like I have the, like, cause like Sean has the amateur background. I have an amateur background. Yeah. Like Sean is intense in the ring. It's like, I can be intense in the ring. And I think maybe I'm just like not used to doing it or maybe too shy to do it. So when I get to wrestle guys like Sean or even guys like Mars, me and Mars had our big feud last summer. Like I really get that chance to let everything kind of come out and unfold. And I'm no longer, I feel like people keep get, being stunned. I remember the first the first clandestine show um, uh, was part of the uh, the clusterfuck. And I remember, like, at that time, it's like we were training with, with Merb and, again, to, like, do all these new moves. And it's, like, things I've never done before and no one's ever seen me do before. And I guess I really prided myself on I don't put everything out there so mm-hmm. that when you see me do something, it's special. Yeah. But I would also say I don't plan it. It's all just happens. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, because I mean, with wrestling, I mean, people get known for their moveset. So you know what to expect throughout. So when they when a wrestler will do something that is sort of out of the ordinary or it's, you know, you're not waiting for it, then it's like it kind of takes you back. Like, oh, shit. You know, like it's uh, one of those like like eye opening moments for a fan. Yeah. Like when you see like Keith Lee do like a moonsault, you're like, what? Big yeah. man should not do that. Yeah, or like uh, the leapfrog, anything like that. Yeah, you know, anything. Like, as soon as he gets off his feet, you're like, no, stay down. <laughs> you mentioned the uh, feud with Mars, and I was at the show where you guys had the uh, the false count anywhere. Was it? Was it the wait? Was it the false? So we had a false count anywhere. We had the no DQ, and then we had the three stages of hell. I think that's how it went. I think it was the false count anywhere match. False count anywhere. Yeah. Is that I the one where you hit me with the bar mat? <sighs> Possibly. The whole the whole feud of that, we were always doing something uh, technically hardcore, like non-conventional. Mm-hmm. But I, it's come to the point now where it all blends together. I don't remember which one was which. <laughs> After, like, I, I remember, like, parts of the show, but, like, I was on vacation out and it was... Yeah, out in Calgary, you know, so it's just, you know, like you're taking everything in. So it's like you got the holiday and then like I'm at the show and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, talk to Barat for a little bit, you know, the um, one of the matches, I think it was State versus Heavy Metal and Draco, you know, and like that 30 yeah. minute match. And I'm like, how the fuck are these going, guys going 30 minutes, you know, like and just blown away by that, you know, so like mm-hmm. so much of the entire trip just like blends together. No, I, I feel you. <laughs> and and especially like that, I'm very happy with that feud. Like, um, uh, me and Mars really went out there and left it all out there. And at the end, now we're friends and now we're the short kings. <laughs> well, uh, I was going to bring that up. I mean, you guys have some incredible chemistry together. I mean, when you were feuding together, uh, teaming up together, I mean, mm-hmm. what is it that like you guys just gel so well? Um, part of me, we just, I think, I think I get to start. It was like general respect. But we, but if, if I'm being really honest, it's because we're the same damn person. <laughs> and, I, and, and like, we do this as a joke, but like, I borderline think it's serious. Cause like, not only do we kind of look alike, like I've, I've actually tried to fool like my niece and nephew, like doing a switch mm-hmm. and they somewhat believed it. Um, but like, so at the time, what I first met Mars was the second Saddle Dome show. Okay. And the, this is so Kurt Sorok and the promoter, like literally taught, I was on the phone with him and he's just like, yeah, like MRB wants us to get this Mars guy. Apparently he's the uh, RCW version of you. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's a good thing mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's how you bring it up to me. So that was my first introduction to Mars. And then, uh, you know, like shook hands and whatnot. He had his match. I had my match. And then come summertime, 
was doing some matches and then just uh, Squake put us together at RCW and we started feuding and it just gelled. We just were, we were super responsive to each other. We got everybody, we got each other's timing down. And then afterwards, like we started to become friends about after it. And um, we joked, I was like, oh, now we're going to be tag team. That's mm-hmm. what happens. Now. We had the big feud and now we're going to be a tag team. Yeah. And then we didn't tag at all for, I want to say like two or three months after. But then during that time, like we would go to training together. We would don't be on the road together constantly all the time. Uh, like to the point where it's like, I can like mimic Mars. <laughs> I can do some of his catchphrases <laughs> just like yeah. him. And uh, they're, and it just, that's all, that's all that's really happened. Like we've just like, we've like slowly just like opened up to each other more and more. And we're just like, we're the same person. And mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really funny. And sometimes it's not. <laughs> well, I've seen some of the videos you guys do and like, they're fantastic. Like uh, uh, as someone who is a short King himself, I mean, I'm, I'm five, seven here. So Let's I go. mean, I, yeah, I've got all the respect in the world for you too. So big fan. Thank you. Say. Thank you. <laughs> um 2023 we're like halfway through right now by the time this airs we're seven months in Mm. how how happy are you with 2023 as a whole for yourself um i'm stoked like this is i i kind of did things like almost like the opposite way because like when i started wrestling i just did one company i did one show i wrestled twice a month and then when i came back from covid i'm like i want to try and wrestle a bunch i want to move around i want to get out there um i had a a when I came out of COVID, like I was like, oh, I have like a stable job that actually pays well. So I can like I can afford to take the loss going places. It's no big deal. So like going around, traveling a whole bunch, wrestling a whole bunch, making new friends. And like this year, like this year especially has been like fantastic. I couldn't ask for anything more. I mean, I can't, but like in this, this the idea yeah. of things, like it's been pretty good. I mean, predominantly you've wrestled throughout Alberta, correct? You did wrestle in Winnipeg last fall? Uh, yes, I wrestled yeah. for Primos. Yeah, wrestling. Was, was that your first foray out of uh, Alberta for wrestling? That was. That was my first ever out of Alberta wrestling. Um, it was It was weird. Like, doing that drive was wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was myself, Mars, uh, Jack Pride, and TJ Cannon. Mm-hmm. We did that drive. Uh, that was crazy. We was, it was a lot of... Uh, it was a long drive there and back. <laughs> Yeah, but it was cool. It was cool to have like that first experience of like wrestling outside of the province and being able to do it with a group of guys who you're friends with share that experience with them. I mean, it helps like easing your way into things. It really did. And especially like because like at the time, like Mars and I were were getting pretty good friends at that point. And like Jack and I like have have like somewhat of a good friendship because like before COVID, we were going into a rivalry. And then TJ, I've only met like a handful of times. But like after that drive, like with the four of us are all really close and we're all friends now. So it's like got that opportunity to like expand the friendships that I had. I I remember that trip because before one of the shows, I had filmed some stuff with Mars and Jack. Mm -hmm. So like I knew they were in town, but I had no idea that you were here until I found out afterwards you wrestled on the show. No. Yeah. I was, I was like last minute because I think they were going to bring someone else, but someone was injured and then I was just like, Hey, I'll come. Yeah, if, you, if you guys have room, I'd like to come with you guys. Yeah. So it was very last minute. So like, obviously, you know, you mentioned wanting to do more. Any tentative plans for more forays out of Alberta? Um, yeah. So we got um, the WrestleCore uh, Lucha show. I'm actually booked out on that. Nice. Um, so that'll be exciting. That'll be my first BC one. Um, I'm in good terms with uh, PPW and Saskatchewan as well. So um i know they've tried to ask me to come to a show but i was already booked on another show so i I can't wait to go back there because they were a lot of fun too and i've reached out to like other promotions as well because like i i take a different approach to it now as i'm before i want before i was young and dumb and naive and thought people would approach me but now i'm like approaching people and sending messages and whatnot and trying to just get booked anywhere i can I find like, even for myself, I know it's a different level with like just podcasting and stuff, but it is tough. Like when you're not used to it, putting yourself out there in those positions, being like, Hey, you know, let's work together. And yeah. Some places are receptive and others you don't hear back from. Yeah. Well, like the hardest part, like I always found, like when I always thought about like reaching out, it's just like, I'm terrible at selling myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how am I going to make these people want to bring me out? Mm Mm-hmm. 
if I can't sell myself to them? Like, how am I different than like your roster of 20 people? How am I going to help it? Or how, uh, how will I affect it? Mm-hmm. So like, it was always nerve wracking, but I kind of just like pushed myself to do it and uh, just hope for the best. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, we're, like I said, halfway through 2023, what is the optimal final half of the year for Reed Matthews? I mean, get signed by WWE exactly. or somebody, right? <laughs> uh, that'd be the most optimal. Um, my goal for 2023 was to get at least uh, BC in Saskatchewan. Yeah. Which I, w- which I will get now, which I'm super excited for. Um, so now I've wrestled in most of Western Canada, which I'd never thought I'd ever be able to say when I was younger. So it's really mm. cool to be able to say that now. You know, you mentioned like the getting signed thing. And that's one thing that... I always liked with AEW beforehand was, you know, with dark, dark elevation, it was giving local wrestlers a chance to show their stuff, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to go and do everything you want, but it at least puts a little bit of a spotlight on you for a bit. And it's disappointing. They got rid of that. Yeah. Like it really came at a bad time too, because it was like, they were just coming to Canada. So a lot of, a lot more Canadian talent would have been showcased. Mm-hmm. Rather than just like the little bits you kind of got to saw with their Winnipeg show and some of their like northern state shows. Mm-hmm. So it's sad, but you know, just keep reaching out. You never know. Maybe they'll need some extra work sometime, right? Exactly. Has the the possibility been there before for that? I've reached out like yeah. that's about as much as I can do and just reach out and hopefully get back to me. Yeah. Uh, I've always wondered how that works. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's there. I'll ask. So oh, it's, it's even more nerve wracking than like, prom- like asking a company. Yeah. Cause it has, cause it's like, you guys are professionals. You guys are doing this for a living. You're considered like above the bar. Mm-hmm. How do I tell you that I deserve to be up there too? Yeah. I mean, right? it, it, the fact that you at least reach out, I mean, it's a testament to yourself. So I mean, at least there's that. Cause I'm sure there's many people who wouldn't even think to do that. Yeah, no, and I think that'd be like a piece of advice I tell people: just like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I as weird as it sounds, like, and as a person who doesn't like, you know, um, no, like you don't want to hear the the nose or anything, right? But it's like the worst they do is just say no or not talk to you. But they'll it'll be it'll never be never. There mm-hmm. will always be a time, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's um, there your time will come. You just got to be patient for it and keep working for it. That's a perfect segue because like my next question i was going to ask was like you're a vet you're you know eight years doing wrestling and that i mean sounds, that sounds so weird brother i won't lie <laughs> <laughs> well when you look at it i mean you look at it's almost like waves of the wrestlers that came out of alberta you know like the the crop of you guys that are there right now i mean you guys are really putting a stamp on wrestling in alberta and you're seeing the next sort of wave of wrestlers like kind of coming up through their through training so like you mentioned putting yourself out there i mean what other advice are you giving to some of those younger wrestlers coming up oh man See, it's been weird because I've had people come up to me be like, oh, yeah, like some of my first indie matches was watching you and Colton Kelly and the Millennial Rebels. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I, like, I'm not I'm not very old. Like, I, I don't I don't find myself very old. I'm 27. <laughs> but like when someone comes up to me, he's like, yeah, like I watched you when you first started. I'm like, oh, now I'm old. <laughs> I feel old some, sometimes like um, like Jared Rogers. That man's literally watched my whole career. <laughs> and I'm just like, Jared, don't do that to me. <laughs> Uh, but like i think i think the biggest thing is just like never settle mm-hmm. like you always got to strive to be better and and this maybe comes like myself i'm pretty hard on myself like when i'm watching my matches i'm critiquing everything mm-hmm. um but it's like you always should get, get get better you should always try something new try and reach out to a different company and expand more like if you really want to do that if you really want to do this do everything you can you know, put in the time, watch the matches, do your training, you know, you know, not necessarily be like a body person, but like get your exercise. So you're in ring shape. Right. Yep. You know, cause I'm definitely not a body. guy, <laughs> Not at all. And it'll probably either. be a while. It'll probably be a while before I ever am a body guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly cause I have an unhealthy love with food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and I, that's the first step as though I admitted it. Yes. Um, yes. But just keep trying. Yeah. Right. Because you, you will, you will soon learn where, like, what, what steps you need to take once you mm-hmm. start taking those steps. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, you know, like for me, I was like, I started off in one promotion and I only ever did one promotion. And then I jumped into a second promotion with force 
And then Michael started doing training and I showed up to trainings. And that's when I really, that's when like everything started ticking. I'm like, oh, I need to be doing this. Because mm-hmm. even like, if you even look like my progression from like my PWA, like the PWA days to like that clandestine show, there's a huge difference mm-hmm. in who I was then. And now you look now or it's like there was a point like like last year, like was hitting the road. I was trying to wrestle as much as I could. But then at the same time, I was also training as much as I could. Mm-hmm. I'd be going out and training with Merbic clandestine all the time. Every time he has a mini camp, I try and go out there just you know, like help out or you just get some ring time. All of it matters. And once you start figuring that stuff out, once you start figuring where your footing goes, everything gets easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, even since when you first started and to where you are now, you can see the jumps that you've made. Hell, even from last year, you can see that you're continually progressing and improving when it comes to wrestling. So, I mean, you're putting yourself out there, you're doing the work and it's showing. So mm-hmm. thank you. I appreciate that. And I as well, I am not a body guy because sure I will go to the gym, but then I will also crush an entire pizza and not think anything of it. So. Never. I, it's come to the point I actually have to be conscious because otherwise I will. Yeah. I will crush the whole pizza. I got to like be conscious. It's come to the point now whenever me and my wife order Domino's, I'll get a whole pizza to myself, but then I'll also get like a cheesy bread because I'll eat half and half. Oh, yeah. That's that's my <laughs> that's my trick to not eating the full pizza. <laughs> that's smart. But then I still like like an hour later, I'm like. Man, I could go for another piece of pizza. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Like, there is a point, like, me and my wife had this conversation the other day because, like, I've been trying to eat, change my eating habits. Used to eat so bad. We have a – there's an ice cream place here in Calgary called My Favorite Ice Cream Shop. Mm-hmm. And they used to sell half liter and liters of ice cream. So we would go and get half liters. Like, I, I would eat a half liter of ice cream in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Of just like cookies and cream ice cream to the point like I can't taste it anymore. My tongue is frozen, my mouth yeah. is frozen, but I'm still scarfing it down. And now I'm like, I can I need a scoop. I can't do more than a scoop, otherwise I'm just going downhill again. Yeah, it's bad. Like I do my best to eat as good as I can, but like mm-hmm. I mean, some days you have a shitty day and you come home and you're like, I just want ah, chips. So. Give me give give me the fast food. I'm terrible. I'm a terrible for like ordering out. That's my biggest problem. Yeah. Even today, before we recorded, I'm like, we're kind of figuring out. It's like, well, what's for dinner? It's like, uh, my fiance's like, well, let's go to the store. We'll walk around till something hits mm-hmm. us. And as soon as we walk in, I was like, I want a sandwich right now, like a nice sub sandwich. So yeah. that's what we did. Oh, right? man. Yeah. Subway is one of, one of my biggest crutches, too. Yeah. I've, I've said before, I'm kind of a Subway slut all the time. I just feel like I just want Subway. I'm like, oh, I'll get Sub. I'll get a Sub. Sub three cookies drink. You're set. Oh, set. Because oh, the cookies are kind of like raw in the middle, and it's I don't like know it. what they do to those cookies. They must put crack or something in them because those things are so good. Mm-hmm. Get a twelve pack, take it home for a night. You're set. Yes, set. But it gets bad <laughs> once you eat the twelve pack and the foot long that you're no longer and you're still hungry. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I notice I need to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a couple more, and then I'll let you go enjoy your evening. But I wanted to talk about uh, your time in LPW so far, because I mean, you and Zoe Sager have created quite the alliance there. I mean, you guys are basically running roughshod over Love Pro Wrestling. Yeah, no, it was um, it was a thing brought on by the jeans. The yeah. jeans helped me get to that position, <laughs> just like being kind of having that image really fit uh, what they wanted for Zoe, mm-hmm. and then we just kind of kind of have the same thing like it just feels like everything's so easy and natural between our timings and everything so it's just one of those things again where it's just a perfect time pairing yeah the chemistry between you two is fantastic i mean it just it works so well so i'm like i'm interested to see where it goes from here so yeah no i'm, I'm excited it's gonna be good can i also take this time to mention that you have some fantastic t-shirt options because i went up and i saw on the pro wrestling tea store it's like I need that thick as fuck one. That reminds me. I have never, I've not shared that pro wrestling tease. I got to thank you for reminding me to do that now. <laughs> it's your first shameless plug. So go to the pro wrestling yep. tease, search Reed Matthews, grab a shirt. Yep. I got thick as fuck. And I got my uh, violence, violence, violence shirt there. Mm-hmm. Did you come up with those yourself? Um, so th- I'm trying to remember where I got thick as fuck from. Um, it was a meme era during that time. So I think it was just like, ah, th- I'm thick as fuck. So I'll just do that. Yeah. The violence, violence, violence one. Actually, I give more credit to my wife. Um, she was quoting a, she's like, you should do something with Bollywood movies. Cause we watch Bollywood movies and whatnot. 
and uh, she was telling me this one this one line where she goes something about being an enter being like famous is like entertainment 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 and she's like you should do something like it's like violence 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 I'm like oh I like that mm-hmm. and at the time I'm like I kind of want to do something a little different like my my belt and my wrestling is actually Space Invaders so I'm like I'll do like the ESRB rating and I'll like customize it and everything so that's how that came to to be that's a solid solid t-shirt option so I mean I like. I mean, I buy my wrestling shirts, so like those are both ones that like I would wear like happily, you know, instead of like you have shirts that just hang in the closet. Yeah, and, and that's something I like too. Like when it comes to like wrestling shirts, and something like I, I think like a lot of us indie people are doing and are doing, like, especially the shirt you're wearing right now, like Stephen Crow. Like these are shirts like you just don't like wear them to a wrestling show. They're shirts mm-hmm. you can wear out. They're shirts you can do stuff in. Like I wear mine to the gym. I'll wear yeah. I'll wear my friends' shirts to the store. Like they're they're just shirts that you're happy wearing. It's not just like generic wrestling pose, you know, like old old time shirts, right? Yeah. Or like with the stupid sayings on the back and stuff, like so many of like some of the, you know, like attitude era type stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. some of those like would not be caught dead. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, like the shirts nowadays are shirts people are like, oh, hey, where'd you get that shirt? Whereas like back then it was like, ah, you're a WWE fan, yeah. right? Yeah. Like people are more curious now because we're mm-hmm. we're getting more creative, I guess. Yeah, and it's only for the like benefit of everyone. I mean, you want to have nice options, appealing stuff like like that you mentioned. You can wear every day and like you know be proud to what you're wearing. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, okay, so I always like to ask for a match recommendation. So one that you are a fan of that you think that the listener should get, should go out and check out. So maybe it's one that you, it's your favorite or something recent, but anything on the network, YouTube, whatever it may be. Oh, that's a hard one. I'm really bad nowadays for like watching stuff online. Like I said, I just kind of watch pay-per-views. It's all okay. I really got time for. Um, if I was going to recommend a match. Sorry for the dead air. I'm thinking. That's okay. <laughs> oh, man. See, I think a lot of stuff now, I think, see, a lot of stuff nowadays I really like because I like the cinematic aspect of it all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, maybe it's not necessarily more about the wrestling now. It's about what the wrestling is telling. Mm-hmm. Right? So you look at, like, the the Bloodline stuff with Sammy and, and KO, and it's like, they're having banger matches, but then at the same time, like, they're, like, tearing your heartstrings at the same time. But at the same time, it's like if I go back and think of like matches I I watched, like you know Randy Orton, Seth Rollins, uh, WrestleMania thirty one. Yeah, that's when he cashed in, right? Yeah, like that one, mm-hmm. banger, loved yeah. it. Um, I actually was a big fan of like the Bray Wyatt John Cena trilogy matches. Those were fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. I, I like a lot of Seth Rollins matches. I don't like he's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I, I, I almost can't go wrong with a lot of his matches because they're just like, even like his last one with uh, AJ was like super good. Yeah. For the title. He's someone that almost gets overlooked sometimes with just how good he is in the ring. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't get like that sort of recognition for his in-ring work. Like everyone knows he's a star, but then when you look at it, you're like, yeah, he's really good technically when it comes to wrestling yeah it's a, it's almost one of those things like they know how to turn the light on and off with him mm-hmm. they'll turn that light on he's the champ he'll run the place they'll turn that light off he'll lose the title kind of like change something and then come back and they'll turn that light back on again mm-hmm. and he'll immediately whatever he's doing will get over or will get hated regardless like i think it'll be probably one of those things that everyone will really come come to think of it when he uh, gets inducted yeah, they're like, oh my god, like Seth Rollins did this. Oh my god, Seth Rollins did that. It it almost reminds me he'll like get like the Cena treatment where like towards the end of his career, that's when people are going to be like, yeah, he's actually really good in the ring and just like because you look at you know some John Cena matches and I will get hyped up if like he gets announced for a match. I don't know what it is, but like he's solid in the ring. He could still put on a show. It's, I feel like it might be the same sort of vibe with Seth. I don't know. It, and it probably is. Like, I know one thing, like, when I when I first learned about, when I sort of first started watching wrestling compared to back after training, I really saw things in a different light. 
Because mm-hmm. at first I was like, uh, I was kind of like with the fans, like, oh, we just get John Cena shoved down our throat, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then I like actually learned to wrestle and whatnot. And then I'm like, yeah, but then at the same time, in about 10 minutes, you're going to be cheering for John Cena. Yeah, 100%. Like, you can hate him all you want. He will make you love him in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's that's when you like, you really come to appreciate, like, the people who can really make you feel. And definitely Seth Rollins is getting that same treatment. So for upcoming shows, what do you have? You mentioned the WrestleCore show, the yep. Lucha one. That's beginning Lucha of August. Show. Yep. And then we have uh, Low Pro Wrestling under the month as, as usual. Mm-hmm. So and those are kind of that's kind of where I'm hanging out right now. Yeah, just taking over both of them. L- WrestleCore, this will be your first time. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. Super excited. Uh, I saw some of the names announced, and it seems like Alberta's really taking over for this show. Yeah, we're gonna like a whole bunch of us going out there, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good uh, eye opening moment. I, I hope like mm-hmm. more people get eyes on us because yeah, we have well, a lot to show. Definitely. So, um, for those listening, where can they find you up on social media, or if you have anything else you want to plug? Oh man, you can find me at the Thickness Seven. I'm pretty sure on everything: Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I actually also stream as well. I'm a I'm a video game fanatic. So uh, you can also find me, uh, I call myself Thick Gaming over on Twitch and YouTube uh, and Twitter and Instagram as well. So definitely find me any of those places. And of course, Pro Wrestling Tees, because otherwise I'll forget to do to share it. <laughs> what uh, What are you playing video game wise right now? Uh, so I just got the new Zelda game. Okay. So I've been playing that right now. Uh, otherwise, it kind of like a bad because I'm just playing whatever I'm feeling. So like, there was a while I was just playing uh, like the Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope. But then it was a point I was playing Pokemon Unite, and then I was trying to find some Pokemon ROMs to play, or I kind of play whatever. So it's kind of you never know what you to expect. Yes, that's all right. Uh, Reed, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much to Reed Matthews for joining me here on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely check him out at the Love Pro Wrestling, the WrestleCore shows, and go grab a T-shirt because, like I said, he's got some incredible designs. Thank you to him, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter, at GreatMakerPod. All other social media, Graymaker Wrestling Podcast. Email GreatMakerPodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me doing streaming up on Love Wrestling. Every Saturday, me and my good friend Pluggo, we do four exposure where we take a look at the world of independent wrestling. So you can find us there. You can find me doing the brunch gimmick almost every Sunday. And you know what? Check out the rest of the Love Wrestling shows because there's some incredible content up there. Love Wrestling CA, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all that sort of stuff. Definitely check out their socials and shoot them a follow. Check out the Patreon, a Love Wrestling Patreon. Some incredible stuff up there. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.